you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Next up on Total Access, the locker room. How did you address the team during 9-11? That was one of the biggest deals that ever happened in this country. Ground Zero was still burning. It was still... Oh, yeah. And we flew right by it. And the team's like, oh, my God. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson, or Real Mike Rob, joined by former head coach Brian Billick. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. And right now, there's no bigger story in the NFL, coach, than teams dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. So, coach, let's talk about coaching in the age of COVID. Man, how do you deal with it, brother? Wow. This is a whole new world because part of the problem is, you know, as a coach, you run across, you know, a situation and okay, well, who, you know, who do I call? Who, what a guy who's been through this, you mm-hmm. know, and, and how'd you, there's nobody you can call because nobody's <laughs> ever been through this. You know, we're players and coaches are creatures of habit and to have this constant upheaval of when are you going to practice? Where are you going to practice? When are you going to play? Start with training camp. Yeah, we're going to have training camp. And then two days before, ah, well, no, it's only a part (laughs) of training camp. Well, no, now we're actually going to, I mean, you you spend hours and hours of of putting schedules together and trying to get the right balance. It's, ah, no, we're going to change. We're going to do that. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how these guys deal with it. It's just guys just, you know, Grab, you know, tape your ankles and grab your backside because, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to make this up as we go. Well, Coach, it takes me back to we both played in Super Bowls, right? So, you know, it's two weeks before the Super Bowl and you take that, you know, we, we did in Seattle. We took that first week to kind of get the game planning in. And I remember Coach Carroll telling the team, guys, I don't want the game plan to get boring to you. So, you know, you know, we're not going to always be on the game plan. How do coaches like not allow game plans to get boring to these guys with these COVID situations? Like to me, that has to be a huge challenge for them, coach. They have it to. is. And, and, and coach Carroll's exactly right. We did the same thing that you don't, you know, you're thinking, oh, great. I got this extra time to put mm-hmm. it in the game plan, but it becomes stale at that point. 
Uh, and so you do have to keep it. Think of Mike McCarthy now, who's who's oh. the next opponent for the Baltimore Ravens. And so you have a game plan. You're ready to go. You're ready to go play, and it's going to be there. And then now, now it's changed. Then it's changed again. So, so what do you do with that time? Do you kind of shut it down, mm-hmm. do more generic stuff, and then reinstall it? That that's basically what I would do. Is say, okay, we'll start this thing over, put some changes in it, because you do. You got to keep it fresh for the guys, or by the time they get to the game. It's like it's old hat and they're worn out. They're mentally worn out. Yeah, it's boring. They don't want nothing to do with it. Well, you know what? Let's get another coach's perspective in here. Another coach on our roster, Coach Steve Mariucci. We're going to dive a little bit more into this. Coach, what's going on, man? Welcome to Total Access Inside the Locker Room. This is the highlight of my month. I'm not like Rob. You got your BYU thing on. I've got. I do. I'm representing here. I see. Mike, Rob, what do you have on? Oh, yeah. I don't. I just got on a shirt that says society. Society yeah, made me do it. Yeah. He's not going to have a Penn State thing on. They're not, they're not doing too no, good. No, not right now. Penn State ain't, you know, we're not doing too well. Uh, coach, what's up, man? You, you got to give us a locker room story. Every yeah. guest we bring them bring on, that's the first thing. We need that's the real locker room story, bro. The real one, not the ones you say in front of the media, okay? these We your homies. So, okay, I got a million of them, but, you yeah. know, one that was weird that I'm sure you guys did not experience, all right? Because okay. we all love the locker room, right? It's the, yeah. the greatest place in the world after a victory. I mean, you got grown yeah. oh, <laughs> on each other, right? And if there was champagne available, you would just have a party after every win. And then on the other hand, a loss is like, oh, my God, you know, get out of the way, all right? But one time we were in uh, New Orleans in the Superdome. Okay. You guys have been there. Crazy place to play, the whole thing. And and we were in the locker room when I was with the 49ers. We're in the locker room before the game. And guys are getting taped. Some guys are listening to music. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Getting ready to go, getting ready to uh, say the team prayer before you go. And I'm going to give final instructions. All right, let's go. All right, everybody up. All of a sudden, <laughs> somebody falls through the ceiling into our locker room. <laughs> A guy, and he, you lying. He, he didn't hit the floor. He hit the lockers. Remember those ugly lockers yeah. they had all around there? Like, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. That's what a lot of teams do. They have really bad visiting locker rooms. Terrible locker rooms. He he landed on top of the lockers, and I was going. I was talking to him like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I mean, the guy went. He was. Oh, sorry. So I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I'd never experienced that before. And I didn't know if he was spying on us trying yeah. to, listen to what we were saying in New Orleans. Maybe that's what they do. Or he goes, oh, we're just working on some wiring. Coach, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to tell the team not to go get them because they were kind of mad about it too, right? And so, so, anyway, so he was working on wiring and I just fell through. And he's sticking to it. I think he was listening. Oh, boy. I don't know about that. <laughs> To our game plan and whatever the heck we were doing. I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, that happened. I couldn't believe it. Oh, my goodness. It felt I, – I, I, I cannot believe that one, man. <laughs> I can't believe getting ready to play a game, listening to the head coach, and then somebody falls through the roof. That has to be a new one right there, Coach. But I don't know if you heard us coming in, but we're talking about coaching with co- – coaching um, dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Yeah, San Francisco vacate their facility um, this month. The Broncos – 
mean, hell, the Broncos played with a guy with a practice squad guy that had hadn't thrown a pass since college, right? They had to they had to to, to work through the situation. Kendall, you know, has some experience playing quarterback in college, so you know it's about what our choices were. He did everything he could. He he was excited for the opportunity. You know, we had about a two, three, four hour window there to get him ready. Coach, I'm gonna start yeah, with you, Mooch. Like, how would you how would you handle this situation? This is uncharted waters. It, nobody has the answers, right? Because we're all going through this for the first time. The whole world is going through it. Yeah. And so, with sport, you know, we've we've got a certain protocols that we have to. You know, Bill, like I heard you talking about who do you call? Well, you know, right. <laughs> I mean, right now I've I've called a few guys just to see how they're doing, not asking advice like Herm Edwards over at right at Arizona, Arizona. Yeah. games. Herm, how you doing? He had COVID, and then uh, Tom Izzo. In fact, they're playing Duke today at four thirty, but he's back. He had COVID. He was in his basement for ten days over there in Lansing, and so it's just a matter of teams. You know what? I give the NFL some credit, guys. I mean. We, when I say we, I'm talking about the NFL. Yeah, yeah. To stay on schedule for the most yeah. part, to get all the games in, no other mm-hmm. sports have done that. Basketball, hockey, uh, baseball, college sports, they cancel, they postpone, they, they shorten the season, whatever that is. NFL is trying like the darndest to stay on track, play every game. Yeah, we might move some games, go to Tuesday, go to Monday mm-hmm. night, go, you know, change, whatever, play on your bye week. But I give my I t- tip my hat to the NFL yeah. for finding a way to improvise and adjust because this is uncharted waters and we've and, got and to they, our way. They de- they deserve credit too because it's it's a great as sports often can for the country. It's a great example of the country of okay, we got to deal with this. Absolutely, it's not easy. It's going to be disruptive, but we got to open up and 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 we'll deal with it. And and I think they're they're a great example of that. So I, I I'm like you. It's kudos to them for the way they're handling. It. But how would you guys deal with? I, I'm just looking at the Broncos situation, right? Oh. Um, you, a Saturday meeting before you walk through, you find out none of your quarterbacks are available. Not one. Yeah, not one. You see what I'm saying? And the quarterback room's held to high regard. If they, had, if they had a Mike Rob on that team, he would You damn right, I Coach. Told, I, told Mike, I told Mike he'd have loved to do that. I would have, man. All, oh, he'd have been all. Mike Rob, you started. Hey, you ever hear of Wally Pip? Yep. <laughs> I'd have been all for it, man. But like, how do you coach a game like that? What is your message to the team? Okay, guys, I give you Saturday night, right in the hotel. Yeah. You're getting ready for the next day. I'm I'm a player. I'm looking at you guys like I need motivation. I need you guys to get me in a headspace to get me to go out there and play amid all the distractions going on. And I know I don't have a damn quarterback. Yeah. Well, this yeah. what do you say? That Billick and Bill Walsh wrote. It's not in that yeah. book at any time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't cover that. You know, it's it's and you're exactly right in bringing that up, Mike. Beyond the challenges of okay, I don't have a quarter. I was at San Diego State. When, when we had some doctor come up to us and say, you can't play any of your quarterbacks because their biorhythms are not right. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. What? You used to have a guy that would do the biorhythm thing. Yeah. None of your quarterbacks, all the, the biorhythms are shut. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to take a chance, okay? And Todd Santos went out and threw for 400 yards against Hawaii or something. <laughs> 
But anyways, so so forget the challenges of yes, I don't have a quarterback. So what do we run? How do we minimize this? What do we? How aggressive do we have to be on defense? We got to get turnovers, obviously. But just the emotional state of your team, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. For these guys going, my God, why? You know, why should I even play hard? Exactly, I mean, got no chance. Just you worry about that emotional state of your team, and you just. I remember one time we 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 had we just got wiped out by injuries. Not that it helped, but on that, the the clip we ran on Saturday night, remember in Apollo thirteen when the filters weren't working and they yep. had to man, and they throw all that stuff on the table and say, "Okay, guys, we got to make this work." Yeah, we, we we played that clip to kind of say, "Guys, hey, this is what's on the table." Wow, you know, we we got to make this work. This is going to define who we're about. And I give Denver a great deal of credit. They they played hard now. I mean, they they played their butts off, and they. But you're right, that emotional state. Let alone, I can't imagine the game plan of okay and getting them to believe in it right mooch it's oh yeah hey guys we're yeah. gonna be okay here let's go offensive lineman offensive lineman offensive lineman quarterback draws yeah. that's what i'm saying you know you're doing design quarterback runs the whole game right the whole game like that has to be tough being able to motivate guys to go out there mooch to do their jobs yeah, houston we have a problem right Billy? <laughs> so that's probably the first words that came out of their mouth when they learned and so it's like Let's a show of hands. Anybody want to play quarterback? Because this kid played at Wake Forest, but he certainly wasn't practicing even on the scout team. He was a receiver. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they started the game with Philip Lindsay a little bit in the backfield and run a little quarterback power that we see in the league right now. I'm a little surprised. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I'm a little surprised yeah. the league didn't say, all right, let's push to Monday, get a practice in. They practiced in the ballroom of the hotel. It's like, mm. here's four plays we're going to run. Uh, can you do – let's not take a snap from center because for sure you'll fumble it, right? Let's do everything out of shotgun. And the poor kid com- completed one pass, that little screen to the tight end. Hinton, over seven for the pick. There's his first NFL completion, and it's no event. That's good for a first down. But I think they probably said, you know what? They're going to make us play. We're going to play. So let's see, let's see what we're made of. Play your ass off. Defense, let's go. Do your thing. Shut them out. Whatever we have to do. And we'll get. We'll do the best we can on offense. This is and fair, In fairness, too, I think it's a legitimate question. Because clearly Denver is out of it, and they're not very good, and mm-hmm. they're not going to be. What if this had been a really big game? I mean, an important game. What if this had been one of the top-tier teams? Chiefs or somebody. Whoa. You know? Yeah. Oh. What? What? Now, now, and I'm not saying what the you know you you follow the protocols and it is what it is. But I, you know, that that would have been an interesting question. I told these guys a story. But the only <laughs> thing I can equate it to, we were in New York and playing, and our punter goes down, and so nobody, you know, nobody, nobody has a backup punter. So I'm looking around, <laughs> going, okay, who can punt? Well, I got Cordell Stewart. Oh, who and, and so said, okay. punt, coach. Said, Cordell, you're you're our punter. He says, Coach, I haven't punted in ten years. I don't care. You're our punters. So he goes, he goes over to the sideline, and you know those sidelines in the in the Meadowlands are kind of close. He puts the kicking net up, and he goes to kick it, and he misses, and he launches it up into the stands, and the New York fans are just on him. You know, wow. they're just giving him grief. <laughs> and finally, he looks up and he goes, "Hey, I haven't punted in ten years. Give me a break." Well, now they started feeling sorry for him. Give him the pep talk. <laughs> oh, you're okay, man. You're going to be good. Hey, hang in there, buddy. He goes out there, he launches a punt. And it dribbles about 25 yards. It rolls. He got a 76-yard punt on. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. He had done yeah. the AMC, Real special wow. team player. Yeah, it was. We won the game too. So, but with the with the kicker I, or with the with the quarterback, I can't imagine what 
what uh, what what you would have done. Did you ever get to your third quarterback? I mean, we all practice oh. the guy just in case. With injuries, I, did you? I ever... was the I was the third quarterback. A lot of the places I went but to, I, I never, just I never got to. You were legit, man. You played big time football at quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> guys, and not that Wake Forest isn't big time football, but you know he wasn't prepared to do this. Well, well let me get credit. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, we've had a couple of coaches. Matt Patricia just got fired, right? You had you saw Bill O'Brien. We just we're sitting here talking about how odd of a year this is. Is it fair to these coaches I'll that they've been fired in the midst of these of these circumstances? Well, it's never fair, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, whoa, coach, fair. whoa! What you mean it ain't never fair? <laughs> coaches well, mess coach, up too. Fired, no. you know? <laughs> fired football coaches of America. That's right. <laughs> We've been there, right, Mooch? It's a oh, tight yeah. fraternity. Fact, but it's, it's, Thanksgiving, just like Patricia. This is day right. all over again. And you know what? I lasted two days longer than him. because <laughs> I'll be interested to see if at the end of the year, because those firings were kind of, you kind of knew. Yeah, we something was coming. That way. But, but guys that are just on that bubble, I'm wondering at the end of the year, if indeed there is a little dispensation of, well, okay, yeah, we can't hold them accountable for this year. So we're going to, not that it, that'll happen. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see because obviously there's still a few more guys to go here. Yeah. They yeah. Should, they should just, this, this year should be a, I don't want to say a non year, but you know, they're giving guys eligibility back and they're, you know, yeah, they, yeah, you get a mulligan. And then oh, so you saying we should have a mulligan this year because of, sure. because of, oh, no, no. coach. So the championship, the Super Bowl championship is going to have an asterisk beside it? Oh, no, is that what we're right, saying? Well, yeah, it's going to yeah, it's gonna, play four games. I mean, I hate to see a guy get fired because, you, you know, you didn't play a full schedule and he had a half a team and all that sort of thing. But, no, we're right. going to play We're going to play a Super Bowl. This NFL is going to find a way to get it out. Yeah. Coach, Coach Billick, you, you, you told a story about um, you were coaching the Ravens during a hurricane or something. This is yeah. something I wanted yeah, to make it. sure our listeners get because this was a yeah. dope story, man. You talk about a Justin. Well, we're, and I forget what it was, Hurricane Isabel. It wasn't Sandy, but, you know, I'm on mm-hmm. the in, uh, on the eastern shore there and, and or in, in Baltimore. And this, our operations guy said, this storm's coming in. We may not get out. Hmm. Wow. So, so we said, okay, we we're playing San Diego. So I said, okay, packs up, we're going. We, we left on Tuesday and we went to San Diego for the week and it was, you know, 75 degrees. And so the hard part was calling home because it's like, how you doing, hon? Everything okay? Yeah, we're, yeah, the house still standing. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, we're, <laughs> it was 75 degrees here today and I'm out by the pool, but well, I'm thinking about you. I really am, you know? And so we just, we just bailed. You know, my wife reminds me of that constantly. We actually <laughs> won too. But yeah, because and and because you had to, because and and you know, because there was a risk that we were not going to get out. And you talk about, and Mooch can appreciate this. Your operations people, and they are everything in San Francisco. Because I, yeah. I, I told this guy on a Monday, and boom, we were on a plane, hotel. <laughs> we were in San Diego by Tuesday. I mean, he got the wow. whole thing done. It was it was it was incredible. Wow. Well, you know, Mooch, I know you were coaching during nine eleven, right, Mooch? Um, when that happened, I was in college. I don't mean to make you guys feel a little older there, but I I was in college uh, as a freshman. Uh, but how did you address the team during 9 11? That was one of the biggest deals that ever happened in this country, and that wasn't that wasn't that was that was uh difficult for this country. And remember, the the games were all canceled that were posted Mm -hmm. next week, there was no games, and so the next game back. 
we had to play the Jets. I had to play coach against Herm Edwards wow. in the Meadowlands on wow. Monday Night Football. And the world was watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, and you had to talk to your team about, we don't know. I mean, there's going to be big-time security. I mean, they're checking the buses with dogs, and they're doing all kinds of things for security in the hotel, on the planes, at the stadium, all of that. But I remember, gosh, I remember, I'm getting goosebumps. Ah. <laughs> flying in there, flying yeah. in. Because uh, when we traveled, you don't remember this, we traveled um, – you know, uh, late two days before, and you fly at night. Ground Zero was still burning. It was oh, still. Yeah. And we flew right wow. by it, and the team's like, "Oh my God!" And and uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, you don't know what to expect in the stands because we, when you go to the Meadowlands, usually it's like, "You suck, Moose!" <laughs> right? They're just crazy, and you get after the opponent, the opponents, and and so you walked into that stadium, and it was a, it was a sellout. It was a full house, but it was quiet. It oh, was wow. quiet. I, I remember turning and looking at the people, and they're just, they're looking at you. They're just like, like I don't, quiet and somber. And, 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 but they were there for a reason. They were there to get back on track, to do what we do normally, because they were craving, not just, mm -hmm. normal, but craving normalcy, because it was such a devastating time in our country. And so the game, the game was played, it was, uh, I, I, I don't want to say they were rooting for both teams. They were rooting for their team, but they were rooting for football. They were rooting right. for something to do to take their mind off this this awful event. And so, I, I God, I remember that. And then the locker room, we won the game, but it wasn't a celebration. Yeah. Like, hey, go shake hands and give those guys a hug because they're living through this. We get to right. go to San Francisco, but they have to live in this right now here in New York. And it was, it was, I'll never forget it. Hey, now, hey, I remember, hey, I remember, hey, let me real quick. I remember because it took a little while for the league to cancel the weekend. Yes, they it were did. Seven, and I remember we actually had a practice and your first instinct is we're going to play. We're not going to let, you know, you, 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 you wanted to say, we're not going to let this change. We're Americans. We're going to go. But I remember out of practice and we kind of went through practice and I remember looking out going, no, nah, we can't play. These mm. guys, these guys emotionally and mentally, this, I mean, they'll do what you say, but, uh, after, and thankfully the league then very said, okay, no, we're going to postpone the weird. They moved it. Uh, we were playing Minnesota and they moved it to the end of the year for us. But, uh, thankfully they did that. Cause when I went to, you know, I was all gun home until I got to practice and I saw, no, these guys, these guys aren't in a, in a mental state to be able to do this. Well, I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I, as I started off with that was I was in college at the time and uh, I didn't have anybody personally affected, you know, that was in the tower or anything like that. So, you know, I just was kind of observing. But I remember Coach Paterno at the time, Joe Paterno, mm -hmm. and his state during practice. I mean, he, you saw him cry. You saw him kind of to himself. And. That let me know how big this event was. Again, I was only an 18-year-old freshman um, in college. But one of the things I'm interested to, to, to get from you guys is the actual message, right, to your players. Because, I mean, we saw it dealing with the social injustice. We saw it um, with this COVID. That some things are bigger than football sometimes. And sometimes these things creep into the locker room. So, when you're standing in front of the team, I've never been a head coach, right? When you're standing in front of the team and you know, you can hear the little pockets of gossip. You can hear the little things that go on around your team. And Mooch, I guess I'll start this one with you. How do you get everybody together on one message 
in one accord so that when you leave out of that big team meeting room, we're all kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah, we have our own opinions about stuff, but yet at the same time, it's one message coming from the team. I've always been fascinated in how you guys in that position, how do you do that? Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy and it's not in the manual, all right? And it, yeah. and, oh, I mean, that's football is such a great sport. It's a team sport. It's the ultimate, we've all, all said it's the ultimate team sport because it's the most diverse locker room with yep. all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of race, religions, and creeds, and you name it, all right? And they come together for one single purpose. We, we know the drill, all right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a big family. It's a very diverse family. And so if, if we can all get together for being that part of that team or that family, um, then somehow, some way, if we're educated, we can we can come together on the other issues, whether yeah. it's about the social issues or it's about flying across the country, playing a game. So some guys were debating, do we even play or not? Do we go mm. there or not? I mean, wow. you, you talk about it. You listen about it, right? And you, you get on the same page and come to a consensus. And then when a decision's been made, you go for it. You all, you all go for it. You don't have, I, no, I, you know, you get together and go for it. And so um, that's why I'm so proud of, of team sports. It's not single yeah. tennis. And, and so, and uh, that's why I love football because, man, when you look around in that huddle or that locker room, um, you see a lot, a lot of guys that are different from the next guy. But somehow, some way, you come together. And, it, and it's not just your team. It's the entire organization is looking yes. at you. When, when you sit and, okay, with the team and, and you set the message and just, like you do every week and, and you, you kind of track it as you go forward. But it really, I felt like that, and, and, and I was one that needed to be better at this, but in this instance, it, it was clear cut that, you know, once you set that message, that tone, then I felt compelled. I mean, you had to touch every man on that squad mm-hmm. and everybody in that building. I would walk into offices on people who hell, I didn't even know who they were half the time. You know, organizations are so big anymore. Uh, but just to hey, how you doing? What, what's what's what do you think? You know, we you know just to get them vested in the process, touch base with them, and because it, it almost has to be done on a man by man, woman by woman basis. It can't just be the one. Okay, guys, this is what we're doing. You know, let's win one for the Gipper and go. You got to follow up almost, and your coaches have got to do it. Everybody's got to do it. But as the head coach, you got to you got to put hands on and touch everybody in that organization. Yeah, man. I mean, you guys mentioned his name, Coach Herm Edwards. You mentioned his name a little bit early. He has a quote where he says, you know, the greatest invention was the huddle, right? The fact that 11 guys can come together with one goal in mind um, to get the ball across the goal line or stop the other team to get the ball from across the goal line. One goal in mind, and that brings everybody together, man. So great perspective from you guys. We got to do this again, Mooch. You got to come back. You got to come back to the podcast again, man. I'm sure you got some more stories in there, you know. (laughs) Stories, <laughs> yeah. Just invite me back once in a while, will you? Okay. Yeah, we will. You, 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 you can go now and go, go chop that quarter wood. I know you're <laughs> there the woods there. I love it. You love it. One of these doing in one of your camps. There you go, man. Great, great perspective, guys. And that will do it for this week's NFL Total Access. The Locker Room will be back next week to give you guys more insight from the Locker Room point of view. Let's get it. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.